0: Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm here with two of my friends who are also on staff. I'm here with Mark Griggs and also with John Forrest. Uh, John, you've met before. We did an interview with him a few weeks back, but Mark uh, hasn't been introduced to the alumni yet, except of course to the ones that know him, but the older alumni don't know him yet. Mark, uh, you want to tell people what your title is?
1: uh yeah i guess um project manager and barn manager
0: okay yeah so in charge of the horses and in charge of building things yeah there you go right (laughs) and then you also you have a discipleship group and you work pretty closely with the students sure yeah 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 and and you're also married to audrey yeah 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 was audrey mccall no audrey griggs and john how are you doing Doing great. Yeah, glad to be here again. Okay, you're still the um, principal, right? Yeah, that's,
2: that's <laughs> what I hear so far.
0: How's, how are things going with the student body this year? It's going really well, yeah. So we're uh,
2: over a month into the school year. We had our missions trip uh, two weeks in, and we went down to Nacogdoches, uh, and that was really good. Just did a few service projects down there, worked on some houses, uh, and now they're back full swing into classes and just really eating it up, you know, the... I was just thinking about our second year students who we have them share uh, their testimonies in the beginning of, of the chapel each day. And the second year just finished up all of them sharing their testimonies. And just that the stories that they share of when they first got here to his hill for their first year, of they got here and they, some of them didn't want to be here or they weren't sure they got here, wanted to go home as soon as they got here or some of them were just really excited to be here. And, uh, just over the course of the year, how the Lord just changed their heart, and now they wanted to come back for a second year. And as I think about the first years out of here, and uh, just that transition starting to happen in some of them, too, it's really neat to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know the years that I was the principal here. Uh, it there was it was fun and interesting to watch, you know, how they'd come and watch how they would mature over the year and fall in love with the Lord. And, yeah. and then some come back second year, some come back to be on staff, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but not, you know, not that that's the, the, the big thing or anything, mm-hmm. but, but it just happens sometimes. And it's, it's, it's neat to see. I know that sometimes we've had people want to go home. I, I know one particular case, uh, we had one girl wanted to go home in her third week in Bible school. She's crying and, uh, she ended up going home 10 years later, <laughs> you know, she, was, <laughs> she was, uh, she ended up loving the first year, stayed a second year, stayed as an intern and then joined permanent staff. And was our registrar for eight years?
2: Wow! Yeah, it's just amazing seeing the Lord soften their hearts and and what they initially are reserved about. They start to see just the value and the preciousness of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That it's always exciting. Have you, um, you know, being the principal, we can compare notes and laugh about. I can laugh at you sometimes <laughs> now, like I've never done that. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> but. Uh, Something that used to happen to me as the principal is when I would go somewhere else to speak and there would be alumni there, they always felt the need to tell me things that they had done as students. And has that ever happened to you?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. As soon as they're done viral school, the next time I see them, they just start sharing all the stories of how they (laughs) broke rules and they think they're so cool because they never got caught.
0: And and I I always thought it was funny. And now, you know, alumni listening to this now is that when they would tell me, I just look at them and think, well... I knew you were doing it (laughs) because the students the year before did it. And before that did it, you know, so that's funny. I think one of the Mm -hmm. the funniest things that ever happened to me with regards to rules, uh, I had developed a relationship with one of the guys. We got to know each other pretty good. And, uh, we were sitting in the fish house one afternoon and he's, we're not just talking with a bunch of other students around the table. And he starts to tell me this story. He says, Kelly, I got to tell you this. And he goes on to tell me about how he had, um, he wanted wanted to drink a Coke really bad, but didn't have any in the room. So he dressed all in black and he went out after curfew and he told me the whole story about how he was sneaking around in the shadows, making sure he wasn't seen and got into the fish house. And we don't have Coke machines anymore, do we? No, we don't. Yeah, they're gone. So there was one in the fish house. And uh, you know he got his coke and he came back and the whole time I'm just looking at him going, yeah okay and then at the end I said Jeff can I ask you a question he said sure so why are you telling me this and he went oh no (laughs) he was so comfortable with me that he he didn't realize what he was doing I said that's okay just come to my office tomorrow afternoon we'll have a talk (laughs) oh man so anyway there's there it's it's funny it's fun to be in a discipleship ministry on the property with the students, yeah. and uh, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, I, I know that my Bible college contacted me after I had come on staff here telling me that they wanted to implement a one-year program, and, you know, that like what Torchbearers has, and wanted to know what my thoughts were, and, you know, I, I just was real honest, and I said, you can't do it, because, you know, for, you know, you can have a one-year program. I'm not saying it won't be a good program, but it's not going to be like what we have here because, you know, most of the torchbearer centers are, are not big, you know, when, and when we say big, the big ones are just, you know, 100, 120. But most of them are not that big, and the staff-to-student ratio is, is way better than what you're going to find in, in a Bible college. Yeah. And plus, the staff are living on campus students are in there so that it's a real intense intimate year together and so i just you know that's you know i I just have always felt that that's one of the strengths of torchbearers um is that you know we we are in a community like this for for a year or or two if they stay for second year
2: sure yeah. yeah it's just always interesting how it develops when it comes to that point where the students they're trying to figure out if they're primarily friends or relating to you as a staff person right. know, and they get so comfortable, they start sharing those stories and they're like, oh, wait, yeah, you're on <laughs> staff. Oops.
0: And Mark, yeah. uh, you know, being in charge of of, of the new devel- uh, development with buildings and, and and different and landscaping and all of that around here, you've mm-hmm. been really busy. And really, I, I, you know, the Lord's used you to transform a lot. There's been other people before you, but your time here has been a time where the Hill's been able to afford to do some things.
1: Yeah, and, definitely.
0: And you've done a lot. What are, what are some of the changes that maybe some of our alumni, you know, older alumni haven't seen?
1: Well, um, and, you know, yeah, I've been really fortunate to... Not necessarily be swinging the hammer on every project, but uh, to just kind of be coordinating or uh, even just the go-between as we got to contract out a lot of this stuff. Um, Something that would be really big that shocks a lot of people is we we put pavement up at camp. Uh, Yeah, that looks really good. (laughs) You know, parents that were campers 20 years ago, they come back and they go, whoa with you that's like the only change that has ever happened up at camp um but there's pavement up there so um yeah that was pretty fun um the uh the old marta loop of francis grace and bethel um Mm. those old uh, buildings we we got we sold um eventually took forever to to actually get them get the buildings off the property but uh that left space to be, to build uh, one big uh, home, uh, one big staff home, uh, which John is in now. Yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: but uh, yeah, but that's that's been a that's been a big build.
0: And what are what are some of the things coming up?
1: Well, right now I I have formed up uh, just re- replacing the sidewalk here in, in front of the gospel, um, so there's not like mud puddles and stuff like yeah. that. So just fixing fixing some, some drainage and some water issues. Um, I'm looking at uh, building a new uh, classroom over by the library slash uh, second year classroom. Yeah. So not to replace the chapel, but just to, to kind of work in addition with it. Okay. Um, we're hoping to put some bathrooms in there and that'll help allevi- alleviate some of the dining hall. You know, waiting in line for the
0: bathrooms, and so will the present second year classroom. Martha's, will it, will it remain, or is it going down?
1: Well, I'm hoping we can we can keep it. Okay, um, you know, any any time you can you can have more space for people to study or people to to just you know have that public space. I I I want to keep it. I mm. always see that as such such a usable space, mm. um, and I I think I can squeeze a building in between that that library, that classroom, and, and the girls' dorm. Well, that's so, awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, with having bigger school years the last couple of years, it's nice to have those extra spaces where they can
0: go and study and work. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah, that is good. You know, with the, some of the changes that happened over the, the six years that I was gone, you did a lot of cement work outside of Martha's, and which is the library, second-year classroom. Yeah, yeah. And every time I came back, which was three times a year to teach – and now for the year that I've been back, when I step out of Martha's, I always, out of <laughs> muscle memory, I always try to step down.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I end up stumbling, you know. I think the last time I walked out of it, I actually remembered and just glided on out. Oh. But, but uh, that's a nice improvement there, too. I, um, I was just thinking while you were talking you know, that uh, some of the older alumni that go back to the 80s, they probably would be shocked if they came on campus now. And, and looked at the, at the changes and it wouldn't take long. I mean, as soon as they get to the hilltop, they would see them right away. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them would be the, the loop is completely paved. You know, back when I was a student, it was pseudo paved. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, it was kind of the width of one car and some places it was more gravel than anything. Uh, we have curb that goes all the way around. We've got pavement that goes all the way around and probably the biggest thing that would just freak people out is that there's grass on the hilltop uh you know there was uh, and and you're responsible for a lot of that because you put in an irrigation system
1: yeah yeah i did um a couple, couple years ago when we when we built the the new housekeeping building we uh, incorporated a, a sprinkler system yeah. into that so that was that was really helpful
0: yeah that's you know it's funny uh, watching the mow boys this summer they actually have grass to
2: cut yeah,
0: you know, it used to be we we always joked that they had to mow rocks,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, now there's grass.
2: I mean, they still have their times where they get to mow rocks. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> that
0: experience is still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there are plenty of rocks on the 200 acres. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's they trying it.
2: I think the other the other big change that I would notice. I remember when I was a student, all the buildings were were blue. Remember oh, that blue? Yeah. And like, oh, we was, we remember that blue. Yeah, yeah. It's, I still see it. I forget where it is, but there's still, like, one spot that I've seen it. Yeah, but there's it was, one or two old buildings that was have that,
0: that old color scheme.
2: Yeah, that uh, ugly blue color. Now it's a nice tan, and yeah. I really like it.
0: Yeah. I See, being colorblind, I, I never – I always <laughs> – for me, it was always gray. Every yeah. building was gray. With a dark gray trim, oh, okay, and it was
1: see maintenance department. We called that gray institutional gray, <laughs> and, and we never had a we had it. We never had a name for the for the bluish greenish whatever trim color that was. It was just that really dark, ugly bluish green color. <laughs> it
0: was it it was you know for color for a colorblind person it was very it was just very bland. You oh, know? Yeah, but uh, the uh, but see now. To show you, I go back further than that. Before everything was blue, all the buildings were brown. Oh yeah, chocolate brown with red roofs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was that was wow. It really was. Uh-huh. So the the blue was actually a, a welcome change. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, well. so things are improving here. What we're gonna do uh, for for this uh, podcast, uh, just. What a little bit of a different format for devotion, uh, giving a devotion. We're going to look at Colossians chapter two, verse eight, and what we want to do is uh, have a discussion among the three of us with the the passage, and uh, and just just see you know what the Lord's worked in our hearts with it. Um, so it's a little different, but I was kind of thinking you know I, I want to I want our podcasts to have a, a variety of of the way we present things, you know, we have interviews, we have devotions, and I thought some kind of this is kind of a roundtable discussion. Except the table's not round. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I appreciate you guys being here and being willing to take part in it. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna read from Colossians, and our main verse is verse eight, but I, I want to read um, starting in um, in verse. Um, I'll back up and start in verse. Well, where do I want to start? Uh, let's let's go to verse six. So this is Colossians chapter two and verse six. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in Him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Him you have been made complete, and He is the head over all rule and authority. And in Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ." So that's verses 6 to 11. And again, the the main verse we're going to look at is verse 8. Now, verse 8 again, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. I just feel like this is a really applicable, a very applicable verse for, I was going to say for nowadays, but really for any time, uh, because it's really covering the main problem that we have In walking in fellowship with God, Uh, it starts off. um, You you know, the whole verse, just just kind of looking at it as an overview. You know, basically, it's telling us that we have a choice: we can either live captive to the world, or we can live captive to Christ. And with that, we're reminded that we were never designed to live. In, in our own wisdom, in our own abilities. and I'm thinking of Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 that you know, clearly lays out that we were created in the image of God. So what is true of God should be true of us. And we know that that's possible, chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 7, by, you know, God taking dust of the ground, breathing into his nostrils the breath of life, and man becoming a living being. So it, it, the only way we can live out the image of God is if the image of God is living out of us. That's the only way dirt could ever show the image of God if image, if God's image was, was active in the dirt. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just going on with Genesis, we know that... Um, at the end of, of, uh, of chapter 2, we find that the, the man and the woman were both naked and unashamed. So to live out the image of God, you know, there's a picture there of them living God-conscious, not self-conscious. But then we see the reverse of it in chapter 3, when they, bec- they all of a sudden become aware. After, after taking of the fruit, they become aware of their nakedness. And then they they try to do something about it themselves, which was foolish. You know, wearing wearing, basically wearing a salad. You know, yeah. <laughs> just wearing leaves. Yeah. But uh, and 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 what the temptation was is, you know, in the day that you take thereof, you will be like God. You know, and that's you know, it's not what we were designed for. Though we were designed to live out the image of God, it was never by us living out the image of God, but by God living out His image. So you know, with that idea. You know I, I, you know, I see this is the choice that we still have today. You know, are we going to live captive to Christ or captive to, to the world's way of doing things? So it starts off in the, with the verse, see to it that. That's one word actually in Hebrew. And it, it means to take responsibility for causing something to happen. Take responsibility for this. Take responsibility for something to happen. So, but, but we got to be careful with that. You know, right away, you know, we see something like that. Say, okay. It's up to me. But is that really what he's getting at? Because verses six and seven would tell us that this taking responsibility, it would be, it, it would be in faith. It would be, you know, moving forward. And, you know, so often when people hear us speak in Torchbearers, they hear us say that, you know, the Christian life is not about you. It's about Christ. It's not what you do. It's what Christ does in you. And if we're not careful, we start to think that we don't do anything. But the truth is we're not the source of the doing. You know, Paul says, I I strive, I labor according to his power, which mightily works within me.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what he just says in a few verses earlier in chapter 1, verse 29. Yeah. You know, that the, the striving is according to his power, which mightily works within me.
0: Yeah. So there is a doing, but it's a doing of faith. So, you know, and, and, and that's just what we see in, in, uh, in verse 7, verses 6 and 7. You know, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Well, how did we receive him? Well, in verse 7, having been firmly rooted now and being built up in him and established in your faith. So we see that this initiative, this activity that we're supposed to be about, you know, taking responsibility is, is taking responsibility in, with faith. So moving forward, trusting him and not, not trusting me. Um, I, I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter uh, 2. You know, the same idea is presented there where we find the phrase, we must pay much closer attention in verses 1 to 3, it's actually verse 1 of chapter 2. We must pay much closer attention. And the word must is emphatic. It means that there is no no other option. We must. So we must pay much closer attention. But again, what is it that we're to pay attention to? Well, within the context, it's to what God is saying in Christ, presenting him as being better. And so, you know, again, this is not, it's not a dependency upon ourselves to do. But it's a, it's a, it's a looking off to Christ, and then again, there's another word in in our verse in verse eight. There, the word captive. Um, in ancient times, this word meant uh, you're no longer your own, basically. And I thought that's you know that's that's a good understanding because when this was written, um, of course, it's a good understanding because it's what it is. But I mean, it's it was good for me because it made me think of you know when this was written. Uh, it was written at a time where, when the Jews, as well as the whole Roman Empire, was actually not their own; they were under the control, the authority of Rome, and you know they had to they had to function within that. Um, and so, that, that's the idea that's being put across here: that we are not our own; we want we need to be we're either going to be taken captive by the world. Are we going to be taken captive by Christ? And that makes sense to me because we were designed not to not to rule, not to be in control of ourselves, mm-hmm. but to but we were designed to be his. That's the only way that we could ever, you know, you know, you go back to Genesis chapter one, we're supposed to rule over the earth, but it's only by his image that this is possible. So anyway. Um, so we're to be taken captive. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Mm-hmm. So we're not our own, we, but, but we are to be about doing. We are to be active and with dependence upon him. So we got to be careful that we're not taken captive by the next word, philosophy, and this means human understanding or wisdom. Uh, by but in contrast with divine revealed knowledge, so it's it's not that we're not supposed to be thinkers. <laughs> you know, we we are supposed to think. We were created to think. You know, in in verses two and three that we didn't read, but of this. Um, um, of, of this, this same chapter. Well, we read this, and their hearts, I'm sorry, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So we are to be thinkers, uh, but 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 you know again how you know we're, we're to be thinking on christ what's true of him you know where scripture tells us set your minds above you know yeah. where christ is seated so you know we're to, where to think but again it's not getting away from because of the context it's not getting away from that dependency upon christ and um and 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 looking looking off to him um and then again you know with contrast you know the the world or christ you know verse 8 goes on to, to end by saying that we need to be you know we we need to be taken captive by christ so we need to be thinking true of him and then the uh, phrase empty deception pertaining to this means to pertain to a complete lack of understanding and insight and uh, the the my my source here says it's foolishness and stupidity Uh, this is, this is the best the world has to give us. Uh, you know, I think of, it's, um, it's, it's at first John that tells us all that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the, yeah, it's in first John, you know, that, and I always thought that wording is really interesting. All that is in the world, not some of what's in the world, but this is all that consists in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. Yeah. And it's. Do you want to say yeah, something?
2: Yeah, and I was just thinking too. You know that empty deception. It's the thought popped in my mind of thinking of. I just got done teaching Joshua uh, when, when the Israelites, the twelve spies go into the land, and the the ten spies that give that bad report and they say no, the people in the land are way too powerful, and it's like there's this empty deception that's taking place that they believe this idea, that they're incapable, uh, even with the Lord going before them. And, and that idea is just empty. It's like, it's just falsehood. You know, Mm. it's like when you, when you pick up a cup that you think it's really full and, and you go to drink it, you realize it's empty. Yeah. So you're expecting something to be true and to be a reality, but really there's no, there's no meat to it. Mm. And, and that's what these, these world, this worldly thinking is, is it's an empty deception. You know, it seems like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then when you, when you go to try to try to drink life from it, it's just empty. There's nothing there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, uh, you ever, have you ever eaten something that uh, had too much salt?
1: <laughs> Rarely, <laughs> yeah. but, but yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can happen. I
0: know if, uh, this has happened to me a couple of times, uh, like at um, going to Chick-fil-A, you know, I, I love the waffle fries. Every, it depends on the store. Every once in a while you'll come across a store that they won't salt them. And so you get into a bad habit, you know, where you, you you get the you get the fries, and the first thing you want to do is salt it, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you find out it's already been salted, and it's just it's 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 very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it's devastating because those waffle fries are incredible. Oh, yeah. So there I am sitting at the table holding each waffle and banging it on the table <laughs> to get the salt off.
2: Yeah, it reminds me of trying to drink sweet tea that's not actually sweet you oh, know it says goodness. sweet tea so you pick it up and you you get a nice big cup of it and you go to drink you like oh man nah, someone made a mistake <laughs> yeah, <empty to> <laughs>
0: yeah um yeah so empty deception um you, you know I, you gave a great example there uh, and i'm also thinking of the empty deception again you know i touched on it briefly before but genesis chapter 3 you know, you know, she, Eve looks at it after Satan has presented it, you know, with his half-truths, you know, she looks at it, and she sees that it's good for food. And, you know, she takes, and then it's, she enters, you know, from that moment, she enters into a lifetime of frustration. And then Eve, you know, I mean, then Adam, you know, you know, it was Adam that was deceived. You know, the New Testament is very clear about that. Adam's the, the, the dummy, you know, here. I had, we had a former camp director who said one time that the first thing he's going to do when he gets to heaven is look for Adam and then kick him in the butt. (laughs) Thanks a lot, you know? Uh, But then I, you know, I laughed at that too when he said it, but I thought, you know what, if it hadn't been him, it probably would have been me. Uh, But you know, it's just the, the empty deception of this, you know, what she thought and what he thought was going to be a reality Turned out to be, you know, what actually happened turned out to be the the antithesis of it. And, you know, and then you just imagine getting kicked out of the garden, you know, no longer walking, literally walking with God anymore like they were. Like, you know, we know that God came to walk with them in the cool of the day. I can't, I can't imagine that, you know. And then we, um, and then eventually, you know, having one of their sons murder the other son. You know the things that they had to witness and experience that they were never created for. It had to be, you know. I've never really thought about it, but I wonder how many times they just really struggled. Just how devastating it would have been to know that they had made that choice. You know that 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 you know it's just wow, empty deception. You know that's that's tough. But then the the verse ends with this: that we are. You know, so, so again, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy, through deception, according to tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world. So base things rather than according. So instead of being taken captive by Christ. And so, you know, you know, he doesn't, we're not set free for me. You know, I'm not set free for me. I was never li- I was never designed none of us were, were not designed according to creation to live in and of ourself and so our freedom is not a freedom you know for for my way our freedom for my for me but it's a freedom to be his mm-hmm. and that's grace you know I remember at one time hearing a, a fellow explain grace he was uh, he was serving as a pastor but he was not qualified to serve as a pastor according to um, according to, to first Timothy and he knew what first Timothy said he knew that his life was a violation of what that was he didn't try to explain that away but his justification for him being a pastor was this I am saved by grace and so I am free to be a pastor. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, you know, grace is not the freedom to live the way we want to. It's not the freedom to live according to our desire, but it is, it is the freedom to live as we were created to live, which I could, I could not do until grace. And so we are, so here it is. We either are going to be taken captive by the world and it's philosophy, it's empty deception, it's elementary base things, are we going to be taken captive by Christ? You know, John 15, 5, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. You know, we're, we need to be his, we need to be found in him. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we're to be fixing our eyes on Jesus, we're to be looking away from all else exclusively to him. Um. And then, uh, you know, just, I'll, I'll just say a few more things and then I'll just let you guys um, run with it. I think in verses 9 to 11 then, it, it goes on and says, now this is, basically what he's saying there is this is how it's supposed to be. He describes what it looks like to be captive to Christ. And so in, in verse 9, in and, and the phrase, in him, In verses 9 to 11 is repeated three times, once in each verse. In him, all the fullness of deity. So in Christ, all the fullness of God dwells in bodily form. So God's not hidden from mankind anymore. We see him. Jesus says in John chapter 14, when you see me, you see the Father. And then in verse 10, in him, you have been made complete. So the so in Christ we find all of God and in him in whom we find all of God we have been made complete. We have there's there's nothing more to add. We literally literally means full. And so th- this is you know this this was a verse the Lord used in my life to wake me up to, to the the reality of Christ being my life. And then in verse 11 in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So we have been, we, we have been circumcised. We have been, we, we, we've been removed. We've been set apart. We've been removed from the world. We no longer are to be taken captive by the world. The, the, the freedom of being Christ's is now a reality for us, and it's fully to live fully his so anyway i I've been talking here for quite a bit what um what are some of your thoughts well
1: you know looking at ad, or starting in verse 8 um I don't know it's always tempting to to think through like the philosophy the empty deception the 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 tradition of men and i and I'm always tempted to like want to start making a list and like identifying what are these things you know so you know, I look around uh, the world, media, whatever it is, and I want, you know, I want to start putting labels on. Okay, uh-huh. that's that's philosophy, or that's empty deception, and aha, uh-huh, that's a tradition I'm um, in. But, but you know, that's not the focus. And and luckily, you know, in in there in eight, it's but rather than, um, and rather than that's the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should be looking to Christ. Yeah, uh, and not. And not just going around the world and and just labeling things and making a list of, of, of stuff we see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good point. You know, only if, only if we're taken captive by Christ, can we actually not live captive to the world's ways.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think sometimes we we put that backwards. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we yeah. want our lists so that we can be captive mm-hmm. you know, by Christ. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know just. Uh... We're we're always tempted to look for the next big thing, the next answer that's gonna be the the golden ticket to to life that's apart from Christ. You know, mm-hmm. and, and again he says that in me you've been made complete and and there's nothing more to add. And you know, he says there see to it that no one takes you captive and and just the reality that, that even in the church we can be taken captive mm. by people that we really respect and taken captive by, by different philosophies and empty deception that, that creep into the church. And, and that, that no one isn't just, I don't think just unbelievers, but you know, Paul says in Galatians that even if an angel comes and preaches a different gospel, Mm. you know, that you don't, you don't take that. Mm. Uh, You don't accept that because the gospel is Christ. And that's what he, what he leads into here is that see to it that no one takes you captive. And just because, uh, a spiritual leader in the church is, is bringing in this, this new idea or this thing that seems to make sense on paper. You know, if it's not consistent with who Jesus is and, and it's not Christ himself, then he says be on guard from it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I, you know when you, were, you you were talking uh, making your point there, I, I started to think you know both of, both of yours together. I was just thinking: Have you ever seen? You know, of course, I don't want you to name anybody, but you know, do you have examples of things that you've seen? You know, in the church, you know, that, that where this is this is the case, this is the fact. I
2: mean, I and and you could attest to this as well, Kelly. I can't tell you how many times students have have talked about after being here for a week or a month, they they have the conversation of. Nobody ever told me about this before. Yeah. Like I, I've been in the church so long and no one's ever told me that Jesus is my life and my right. source. Right. And and what it means to live from Christ. And yet that's so consistent with scripture and, and prominent. You read scripture and it's the Lord consistently saying, I am your salvation. Mm-hmm. I am your life. And and yet that thinking is just absent from a lot of Mm-hmm. Churches who are preaching that Jesus is the only way to be saved, but when it comes to living the Christian life, there's this other empty deception that's walked in and that's crept into the church. And I think that's something that that just really stands out to me. Of of an example is just I think I, we hear it on a regular basis from from people that are have gone through a Torchbearer Center or have started to, you know, not necessarily just with Torchbearers, because even even me, I think I started to pick up on this before. I even came to Bible school. You know, I can look mm. at my journals and mm. and see myself writing about I have nothing to offer, you know, in this relationship. It just has to be a reliance on the Lord because mm. I've tried and it just didn't work.
0: Boy, the Lord had to work a lot more with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was <laughs> it wasn't until after Bible school <laughs> that he finally could could, you know, just wear me down to a point to, well, I wore myself down, he just let it happen. Uh, you know, I'd think about um, he, uh, Hebrews chapter um, eleven with Abraham. You know, it wasn't until he was as good as dead, and, I, yeah. and until before the Lord could could use him. You know, could could fulfill that promise, and and I you know, I can identify with that. Yeah. And I think so many of us. Well, you know, really, I think every one of us has to come to that point. Yeah. You know, some of us go kicking and screaming, you know, like me, but you know, others. It's just you know, it, it's a it's just a sw- slow, sweet process you know um but then again that wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) um i know when er, earlier when i was um i was quite young i was just out of bible college i was an associate pastor for a couple years before coming on staff here i remember going to a church leadership meeting uh we so i'm sitting there with with both um the the pastoral staff and the lay staff, and and it was a long meeting. And, uh, it, you know, talking about, you know, all the all the issues of the church that needed to be dealt with, uh, the vision, you know, where to go with things, how we wanted to deal with all these things. And I mean, I it's been so long, I can't tell you exactly how long the meeting was, but I remember this was a long discussion. And then we were finished. And at the end of the meeting... Someone said, All right, then let's pray. And I just grabbed my attention. I thought, Wait a minute, this is twisted. This, this, you know, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure this is not how we should be doing this. In other words, we didn't start the meeting with prayer. And a lot of the things we talked about were not things that the majority of us were even aware of. So it's not like we had time to be praying about it, you know, dealing with it before. Instead, we came with all these ideas, and they all made sense. They were good ideas. And then you know it's it's almost like here's our great ideas now bless it Lord, uh, and you know it's easy for us. These are you know and and I want to make the the point that you know like what you're saying with so many you know our students come so often and say that why isn't why hasn't somebody told me this? Uh, and, and then you know and I'm in this meeting. These are these are good people, you know they're they're believers and they want. To honor God. So I think the the point we're making here is that any of us can be taken captive by the world, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and and it's empty deception, like you said, John. It, it looks good, you know, but it's the opposite of what it looks like. Well, uh,
1: you know, I can I can kind of attest to that from from recently um, joining church leadership. Um, and it's, it was actually terrifying sitting in that first meeting, not necessarily because it was intimidating, but I just look around Mm. the room and I know it's just a bunch of just regular guys. And you're just like, (laughs) this is it? Like, this is how church leadership works? Like, this is terrifying Mm. because I know how easily we can mess this up. Yeah, Like, just by having our own initiative or yeah. just our own idea and, and yeah, and, and not, not going to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and drawing from him because it's just so easy to be like, well, I guess I need to fix this problem or I guess right. I need to, well, I guess I better do something because so I get, you know, we need to. and So let's do something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can identify with that. I know that, you know, we, all three of us actually attend the same church. When I became an elder, uh, it was a much smaller church at that time. Uh, And so I was 35, which is pretty young, you know, to, to be an elder. And I was a little bit like, uh, you know, should I, should I be an elder? So I always referred to myself as the baby elder. Uh, but it was actually really good for me because, you know, I would sit in those meetings with those men who were very godly men. And, Constantly, you know, being reminded of what we're talking about because you know the problems would come before us, and I would right away, you know, let's, well, let's do this and this. This makes sense. Let's do that. Let's make an announcement. Let's go talk to them. Let's. And and the other men were very consistent in saying, you know what, I don't want to get in the way of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get in the way of what the Lord's doing. So let's wait on Him. Um, let's you know let's let's pray about this. And, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't know when I'm going to get that through my thick skull. Uh, last, last elders meeting, I'm 55 now. <laughs> uh, and, and I was gone for six years and then, and then back. But the last meeting, you know, I, I'm presenting this problem that I see. And I have an idea of how to take care of it. And, uh, you know, nobody says anything really, you know, kind of some head nodding like that would be okay. And then we pray. And then, you know, one of the elders just, just prays about the situation, you know, instead of, you know, jumping on what I've said, just, you know, Lord, we've, we've got an issue here and we ask that you're for your wisdom in it and that you work in the hearts of those involved. And uh, that next Sunday, I was I was hesitant to enact my plan, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really funny because I did, I didn't need to. The, the there was that, my my plan would have been a waste of time because the Lord had already taken care of it for that Sunday. So, uh, you know, so it's a good reminder. You know, it's a good reminder to. And and again, it's not that we're not supposed to be doing things but to but to be to to be taken captive by Christ and moving with him you know not for him <laughs> but but with him from him
2: yeah and i you know you look at this this passage and he gives this list of things not to be taken captive by and it's you know empty deception philosophy traditions all these different ideologies and he says, "But instead, be taken captive by a person." Yeah, and so it's it's ways of thinking that he guards against, and and being trapped inside this cer- certain system versus being enthralled by a person. Yeah, and and that that contrast there, you know, he doesn't say, you know, don't be taken by empty philosophy, but be taken captive by good philosophy or um, from good traditions. But he says, be taken captive by the person. Right. And, and that is just so good because, because it just keeps us from, from trying to make sure we're in the right box uh, and that we have the right system figured out of thinking. Instead, we keep coming back to the person of Jesus and letting him be the one, like he talked about earlier in the passage, to be the one that, that is our completion you know, and, and that we're resting and we're trusting in him and not wondering if we have it figured out. You know, we're still following the the right way of thinking, but following the right person. Yeah.
1: Well, and and yeah, going back to verse six, you know, if it, as you have received Christ, you know, well, well, how was that? Well, it it wasn't. It wasn't through philosophy. It wasn't mm. through these those other things. Mm. Um, through these traditions of men, you know, we were we received Christ through faith, mm. and and that's you know again what he what he asks just into Christ. Yeah. Faith that, him.
0: that reminds me of, you know, Major Thomas used to tell us that uh this, you know, the, the he, he would preach and then say, I'm not talking about a concept. I'm not talking about a doctrine. I'm talking about a person. And, you know, I have a thick head. You know, I have to hear that, you know, I have to hear that more than once to before I even start to think on it, you know, but, but, I really appreciate, you know, I appreciate that because, you know, what you guys are saying is that we've got, I mean, think about it. You know, we were created in his image, in the image of God, you know, not a concept. And then God walked with man, you know, so that fellowship with a person and it's from that fellowship that the life becomes a reality. You know, it's you know, it, you know, if you abide in me, like we talked about before, as I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. You know, to be to to be with Him is the uh, is is the thing we miss. You know, we're all married, and we had to be, you know, especially as men, we had to be careful with how we think about marriage, because you know we can become more about the the checklist, the doing, the uh, you, you know, the the, the fixing. You know that's probably the biggest one, right? The fixing.
2: Yeah. Oh no, that would never happen. No <laughs> problems,
0: and and not be about the person, you know. And it, it's it's interesting. I know for myself with Arlene, i one of the things that really shook me in our relationship with with you know thinking rightly toward her is, you know, Kelly, I don't need all these things. I just want to be with you, and you know she had to tell me that one time. And you know, I was, I, I was, um, yeah, I, 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 I. That was my thinking of being with me. <laughs> you know, I'll do all this, but you know, I found out. Now that's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running the, you know, I, I'm, I'm running the wrong way on this, and it's not a profit for this relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, just that tendency to just go into the conversation and, and hearing the the concerns and our, our first reaction is okay, so what do I need to do to fix it? Like that that's where our minds go yeah. during the conversation is okay, so here's the first thing I need to fix. And then this and then this. <laughs> and and when we carry that that thinking into the, the relationship with the Lord, it's just detrimental, you know, that it's it's the person and and recognizing too, it doesn't mean that the problems aren't there and they don't need to be addressed. But starting from the right point. It's the relationship first and then from that relationship is going to come just the, the reconciliation or the, the restoration of good fellowship and and I think too with when he's talking here well, I had a thought and I just lost it so maybe it'll come back <laughs> well
1: okay. I, can't, I can't believe we've gone this long in the conversation without quoting Jerry Benjamin about <laughs> being human beings not human doings
0: okay no that's good yeah yeah, yeah I can't believe we have <laughs> we've done the same thing no that is good, yeah. yeah 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 we can uh we can I know what you know again I guess we we well, obviously it goes back to the fallen state, you know it goes back to you know we 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 struggle you know with that we battle with the flesh, you know Paul saying you know he's a wretched man because you know he the doing is present it is it, the desire to do is there, you know, but he does the very things he doesn't want to do and doesn't do the things he wanted I am so thankful that he wrote that. You know, Because yeah. if all we had was for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'd be banging my head <laughs> against the wall. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I, I am thankful for that. But at the same time, you know, the, the problem is me. And so the solution can't be me. Yeah. And, you know, that's what this verse is telling us. You know, be taken captive by Christ. You, you know, we're, we're, we're his. We've been bought with a price. And so we're free. To live as his,
2: yeah, and I, I the thought came back to me uh, that you know we're to be taken captive by Christ, but that doesn't like you were saying in the beginning of the the podcast, Kelly, that that doesn't undermine that the value and the importance of right thinking, mm. uh, that that the right thinking and the right theology and doctrine, all those things are still really important, but they have to start with the person, mm-hmm. instead of starting with the the way of thinking and and then. Letting that determine who the person is, we start with a person and let Christ define who He is mm. and how life with Him works.
0: Yeah, I would hate for anybody to think that we're saying that we're not to be thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like we we've touched on it before, but you know, yeah, we are to be thinking. But but like you say, it's it's with it's it's thinking on Christ. It's with a dependence upon Christ. It's not without faith. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate the, the the passage having you know faith in there because we know Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So that's good. Is there anything else here you guys want to talk about? Oh, I
1: think that covers it on my end. Yeah, I yeah. think we're good. That was okay. great. Enjoyed yeah, it. This
0: was good. I think we'll do this some more. I I, um, I I like this, and it's it's profitable to hear other other people what's you know what's going on in, in their minds. You know what's yeah. what's the Lord doing in their heart. So I want to thank you guys for yeah. doing this, and uh, it's uh, again, uh, Mark. I guess we're going to have you on again pretty soon. Yeah, and that's we'll, what I hear. Yeah, we'll right. be doing an interview with you and Audrey. Uh, Audrey was scared to death, but she found out she could have Mark with her, so that was that was going to be good. So we'll be that'll be coming up soon. And yeah. so anyway, thanks guys. Appreciate this very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right. So everyone, be taken captive by Christ. We just want to encourage you with that today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow His Hill Podcast on Instagram and Spotify or wherever you're listening from and write us. The higher you rate us, the easier we are for others to find. We are elated to introduce a new addition to our podcast. We will be releasing a mini devotional once or twice a week called A Quick Reminder to encourage y'all to keep your eyes fixed on Christ. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with John Forrest and Mark Greggs. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. He is for you. I'm Lizzie. See you next time.